0: You're listening to I Said What I Said, a sports podcast bringing you opinions not heard anywhere else. We cover everything in the world of football, basketball, and gambling. Woo! No, no. Stepping up to the mic, your hosts, Brad Wakai and Tyson Gentry. Welcome to a special edition of I Said What I Said. I'm Brad Wakai alongside my co-host Tyson Gentry. And Tyson, it's a special edition today, man, because we don't normally talk UFC on this podcast, but we had to make an episode strictly about Sean O'Malley, who comes off his knockout victory over Aljamain Sterling at UFC 292 over the weekend. And there are a lot of things going on now with the UFC, a lot of rhetoric that's been talked about. And you're the UFC guy on this podcast. So mainly I wanted to have this because I I wanted some answers from the own questions that I have in regards to Sean O'Malley and the things that are next for him and the UFC in general. So let's just start here. What were your thoughts on the fight overall and what you saw out of Sean O'Malley?
1: Same. I mean, it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. I thought that um, Al Jermaine Sterling was probably going to end up uh, lassoing him in when Sean tries to throw a high kick, backpacking him, sink the hooks in, and choke somebody because that's what Aljo does. But, like, Sean's distance management is getting better every single time he steps inside the octagon, and then – Um, we'll get into it too but he almost he gets a lot of flack from people I think that maybe aren't watching because uh, he just knocked out Adjamein Sterling in a a fantastic counter punch like Aljo overextended lunged in and just threw the right and it was over he beat Peter Young too and so like we he can't grapple all this stuff but like the best wrestler in the division outside of Marab uh Diva Shelley, didn't really even try to engage in that aspect Sean is he's his reach is much longer than pretty much everybody else in the division besides like Corey Sandhagen's got to be pretty close but Sean's also huge and so when you talk about oh his reach and he's gonna be able to control the distance additionally being five extra inches taller makes it a hell of a lot harder to get inside uh, and kind of get those
0: things done so we talk about this guy like oh he's got no grappling but we haven't really had to see it yeah and that's what I noticed when I was watching too in that first round and I thought Daniel Cormier pointed out, you know, Sean looks nervous coming in and then he settled in, I thought, early in that fight. And even Cormier said, you know, I was maybe wrong. Like he just maybe was nervous on the walkout, which O'Malley admitted after the fight, like he was super nervous. How could you not be? But I thought there were a couple of times that Aljo tried to take him down. And I thought Sean's defense on that, granted, he was up against the cage, so it helped him. But that's also part of the sport, right? You have to know where are you vulnerable? How do you defend against it? I actually thought, just in this limited sample size against Aljo, I thought he did a good job defending from the takedown. And then, like you said, his distance control was great. He was on the outside. I know people probably wanted fireworks early, but you're just not going to get that in the championship fight. And then he closed the show in the second round.
1: And, I mean, let's talk about this part a little bit. I think part of the reason of, or where a lot of that stems from is half these highlights that you see is when he's a beanpole and he hasn't filled out. Mm-hmm. He's, he's much thicker now um, than he was. And part of that, right. He gets suspended for the marijuana. He hurts himself uh, against uh, Cheeto Vera and is out for, you know, seven months or eight months after that. So since like, ju- let's go July of 2021. So the last two years, we've seen him fight Chris Matino. We've seen him uh, one, two, three, four other times, including on Saturday. So that that makes it really hard to kind of separate the two things. Uh, because you're like all your highlights you get of this guy is hundred and he looks tiny. And then he comes out yeah. there and he is he's so much bigger, I think, than people expect. And it's basically impossible to replicate in training because I don't know who you're finding that's built like that, uh that that's that quick at that weight.
0: Yeah. And that's what Aljo said. He tried to get guys who would replicate that distance and that length, and he just couldn't do it. Because again, this guy, because of his very slight nature, right? Like he he fits this weight class because he's not built up. Like he's not ripped like Aljo. Like Aljo has to cut weight. And it's just a really tall kid who's super lanky and he's just like a unicorn in that division. Just he also can knock you out. It's and like I think I want to move into this because everybody's questioning or, or kind of saying this guy is the next superstar, next face of the UFC. And I want to get your opinion on this. Maybe it's a little too soon. We saw Rogan and Cormier compare him to Conor McGregor after the fight, like putting the side-by-side on Josie Aldo when McGregor knocked him out. I want to say this. I want to get your opinion on this. I think, to me, why he can become an absolute superstar in the face of the sport is because he can knock you out in one punch. Like, he's not Khabib where he dominates you and it looks like he's just beating somebody's ass, but it's, like, kind of boring because it's just repetitive and the other guys like, not really getting knocked out he can knock you out in one punch and that's going to sell tickets. That's going to sell cards. That's going to make you a fan favorite that Tyson, even if he loses a couple of his next fights, people are still going to love this guy because he can knock you out at any point. And I think that's the thing that people are kind of missing about the Sean O'Malley, the sugar show. And another part uh,
1: I agree uh, that just highlight reels, make things better, makes it easier to promote, obviously. (laughs) Uh, But Like a lot of talk right now is Dana and the UFC want Charlotte Maui to be the next face of the UFC. Uh, If you noticed, as soon as this uh, main event wrapped up, they posted the entire finish uh, on YouTube. They haven't done that since Conor McGregor. So, yeah, there are those things where they're pushing him a little bit forward. My thing, and this is kind of just the way people talk about this guy. Sean O'Malley is making Sean O'Malley the face of the UFC because Mm. Dana White didn't show up and beat Peter Yon and Dana White didn't knock out Aljamain Sterling. Um, So you run through his resume, right? And you're not that impressed. A lot of those names on there, like you might recognize, but there are seven guys uh, in his last 11 or whatever fights that are no longer in the UFC. Uh, So if you're new to it or you just haven't really been paying attention, he hasn't fought a ton of people. But like Eddie Wineland was a killer got him out of their walk-off, walked off on him in the middle of COVID. Uh, <laughs> he has the the fight with Cheeto that obviously takes nerve, nerve damage, but he beats Thomas Almeida. He really beat Pedro Munoz in two rounds, and it got ruled in no contest. It's tough to get mad at the guy for willingly kind of padding the, the resume, so to speak, when in reality – he knows what it sells. You have to be undefeated, right? Like the Sugar Show was 12-0, and 13-0, takes a loss. Uh, and then he kind of wants to get back in people's minds because he's disappeared a couple times from the sport. So I'm not saying that the UFC is the one pushing this kid forward. I just think he's not as good at press conferences as people want him to be. I think there's a, a sense when you see the rainbow hair uh, and hmm. kind of just his personality that you think – Oh man, this is just like Connor. He's way different. But you catch this guy on a podcast and he's he's real and he's true to himself, which uh, I don't I think always sells. That's kind of the nature of the the fight game. Dude, he's he's beat the two best guys in the division. He's he's beaten the last two champions uh in this division. He will ragdoll, ragdoll TJ Dillashaw. He'll beat up any of those other guys. I think Marab gives him real problems, and we'll talk about um who's next, but he's the champion now. And so if you think that he's going to have to pick and choose or the UFC is going to say, oh, no, you're going to fight the normal contender. This is an instance. This isn't Kamaru Usman when he first got the belt or Aljo when he first got the belt. So the UFC is going to be a little nicer in allowing him (laughs) to maybe keep this thing or taking matchups that are a little better for him, which is good for the business.
0: Exactly. And we'll we'll talk about what's next. Like you said, I just want to get another thought on this, too, because everybody said and Aljamín Sterling said that in the lead up to the fight, like this is a spoiled kid that's been propped up by Dana White in the UFC. Well, it turns out that there's a reason, right? Because like Sean O'Malley said, he knows what that right hand can do and it put Al Jameen Sterling out. Like, And you know, he didn't knock him out with one punch. Like, He had to finish it off, but that's, that's the fight, right? Like, That's the sport he TKO'd him, but he put him down with one punch and a perfect slip and boom, used that dynamite in the right hand to make a statement. So I want to get your thoughts where it go forward here. Is that enough? Like, is this the vision? Like, Because when Jon Jones was winning light heavy and he was doing crazy stuff, it was great. You know, back in the day, Anderson Silva, you know, he had the crazy highlight stuff. Can a guy at this weight class truly be the face of the UFC going forward like Dana White and Sean O'Malley is is positioning to be? I think so. Uh, I think
1: 135 is really the cutoff because it's really hard to get. Uh, kind of more casual fans, super interested in like, Oh, there's a, there's another Brandon Moreno fight tonight. But then <laughs> like when they're 125 pounds, like Demetrius Johnson might be the best fighter in the history of the entire promotion. Uh, and they basically whitewashed him from history. Uh, but we saw it with Henry Cejudo, uh, people know his name. He comes from 125, jumps to 135, wins the belt, uh, Dominic Cruz for a long time. Mm. Uh, TJ Dillashaw, obviously, even when Henan Burrell was writing it off 20 wins in a row, uh, Heavyweight is in a state of flux right now where it just kind of feels, and I think the overwhelming thought on heavyweight is like, well, it's just John Jones and a bunch of guys. And that's going to be the case and unless Steve Amiojic is able to knock him out at 45 without um, really giving a shit about being a fighter anymore. At light heavyweight, you're hopeful that Alex Perea can take that over. He's a non-English speaker right? You run down to 185. Israel Adesanya is the most probably divisive figure in the entire um, organization for fans. 170, Leon Edwards doesn't really get anybody excited, even though he's a beast. At 155, the most popular fighters are Charles Oliveira, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, like a bunch of guys without the belt, right? So Islam is awesome. Again, it's one of those things where it almost feels like, yeah, but you're Khabib too, so so no matter what he does, I don't think he's gonna take over the whole thing. And then Volkanovsky uh almost arrived at a point of we just consider him unbeatable immediately, right? And so when he fights Islam, the story is, yeah, he but he almost won though. It's not looking at how good Islam <laughs> is at 155. And so I think Sean has a real shot, and that's every champion above him. Um, and another really important thing to consider is like this division for a long time Aljo kind of put on more boring fights quote unquote because he was a lot better than everybody and, and so it just sounded like it looked maybe not as interesting when he's choking somebody out or he's monkey and uh tj doa shot from the back because it doesn't mm. it does it just felt you know uncompetitive and it's different it's harder for people to get into uh that style i think absolutely he can be the face of the ufc because Dude, it's just knockout highlight. Like you can fit his his reel or his highlights on reels on Instagram, on YouTube videos. You can put them on TikTok, and you're gonna be able to draw more fans. And on top of that, he streams video games, he's got a million of those. Um subscribers on there, he smokes a bunch of weed, he posts funny yeah. Instagram content. Uh people people he's
0: involved in pop culture in a way that none of the other champions really are. Yeah, that's an interesting point too, especially when you try to connect with these guys, right? Like if you're trying to make a face of the sport, you're trying to get them going forward. Like you really need that, I think. And and so, I mean, that's good to hear. Like I'm a fringe guy. Tyson's the expert. He watches like all these fights. I jump in for the big ones, you know, and this was a big one to me, man, Like, because this kid like truly had the chance to take the superstar status. I thought he did that. And so naturally Tyson, what's next? You know, like that's what everybody's asking. When are we going to see him back in the ring? Me personally, I think he's going to fight Cheeto. Cheeto vera i think he's going to get the rematch i think that's what dana wants i think with the belt on the line we saw it before i think they're going to be able to sell that i mean Cheeto's popular to a lot of people i think that would do a good that'd be a great promotion for the ufc i think it would get a lot of eyeballs on this and with a chance that sean can retain the belt again and now we really make that division interesting but what do you think is going to happen you know the sport better than anybody
1: I think that uh, this is a perfect instance of UFC politics are about to take place because when Sean O'Malley uh, got hurt and lost the fight against Cheeto Vera with the nerve damage, Cheeto wouldn't give him an immediate rematch. And mm-hmm. now that Sean O'Malley is the champ, Cheeto is on Twitter and he's saying, sign the dotted line, I'm ready, blah, blah, blah. Well, you didn't give him the shot a while ago, and I know that sounds petty. This is the way this thing works. Corey Sandhagen would be the another one that's up. He's uh, He just basically beat the shit out of... Um uh, Rob I wanted to say Rob Font, but that's not right. Anyways, uh crushed somebody, hurt his elbow. He's out for probably six months uh with that. And then Marab D. is he's a monster. He's Algermain's training partner. He is the reason if Aljo won this fight, he was gonna jump up to 145. Um, but Dana White is not going to put Marab in this position because Marab is boring. Um, and I like Murad, but it's 55 takedown attempts, and I don't think they're going to want to sell that. Sean is going to get on Twitter and say he wants to fight Javante Davis. I think the Cheeto fight is the most likely, but I'm not ruling out a Henry Cejudo fight, and I know that sounds silly because he just lost. They have a history um, of beefing with each other on the Internet. This is fresh meat. I don't think that Aljamain Sterling is going to get an immediate rematch. I don't even know um, how badly he really wants one. Uh, at this at this point but i i really think it's going to be henry i would rather have it be mirab for uh the integrity side of things but <laughs> i really i really don't think it's going to be cheeto unless sean decides look i'm going to kill this guy because cheeto fought on the same card and he fought pedro munoz and it wasn't very um it wasn't what sean did to him and maybe he's looking at that going okay like i want to prove to everybody i'm much better than this guy it's harder to knock out Cheeto than it's probably going to be anybody else in the division. That's just the way that dude's built. Um, so I think the Henry fight's next.
0: Wow, how about that? A great prediction. I can't wait. I'm gonna. I mean, this guy's must watch. You know, that's just the fact of it, man. It's the fight game. You got to sell fights. This kid's box office, man. And I know people don't like him, but man, he. I always I said this after the, immediately after the fight, the kid walks the shit or talks the shit, but he also walks the shit, and yes. that's what you want out of your fighter. And Tyson, while we close this out, I mean, this for. Like we we love Sean O'Malley. One of the things too, is cause he's from Montana and we're both <laughs> Montanans. We have to mention this here and I know a bunch of people, I've been seeing this. Like people are sharing this stuff on Facebook. Like we have listeners in Montana. Obviously we're both from there. If you don't like him cause he doesn't like represent Montana to the way that you think he should. Like, I just don't understand that just flat out. He's from Helena. Okay. You he move, he went and fought in Arizona so he could become champion. Really? You're going to hate on the kid for that. Like, I just don't understand at all. He wanted to be a superstar. He went to Arizona to accomplish this. I don't understand why anybody's knocking him for that. So that's just my two cents. Now, of course, I'm one of the people that moved away. I now live in New York. I, you know, So it is different for people who, who you know stay in Montana their whole lives and want to represent it their way. So I can kind of see both sides. But come on, man. You don't like him because he doesn't do it your way? Come on. This kid is awesome. I, don't, I just don't get it. He
1: doesn't claim us, so there's a lot of people that get really upset about that, but I'm old enough to remember uh, when certain guys would come through and uh, just train at the dog pound a couple times like Josh Barnett, and then we were all – the whole state was like, oh, no, that guy's one of us. He's been here before. (laughs) Um, No, it's – look, man, I don't give a shit. Like, There's a reason that he's the first of any note to do really anything of this caliber um, (laughs) from this place, and it's because it's really hard to do it when you live here. Right. Like, look at how Bryce Mitchell's doing, trying to make uh, a championship run in the UFC without leaving Arkansas. Mm. Got about to the top 10 and got smoked. Right. Yeah. And the, like, that's just going to continue to be the buzzsaw. Sometimes you got to leave to grow. And that's all right with me.
0: All right. Well, I I put a bow on this. I just can't wait for another one of his fights. Tyson's representing Montana for those who listening listened in, on podcast form. But I mean, fantastic by Sean O'Malley. Next face of the UFC question mark. Like, we got to know he's got to exclamation mark. Else exclamation point let's go that's going to do it all for us like subscribe and share the show we appreciate you as always let us know on our social media channels whether you agree disagree who you want to see sean fight next if you're tuning in whether if you like him or not let us know we'll be back with more content later in the week so stay tuned for that peace thanks for listening to the i said what i said podcast Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're there, please rate and review the show so others find out about the show. We'll catch you on the next episode of I Said What I Said.